With the rising costs of living and energy prices showing little sign of doing anything but increasing, there is a lot more concern in people's thoughts about where will provisions come from. While it is clear that here in the West, these struggles cannot be compared to far more deprived areas of the world, yet there is no doubt that for many people, the concern is a real one. One of the most essential needs we have as civilization, we might even say basic needs, is to set food on the tables, either for ourselves or for our families. Christians aren't excluded from these issues. But what we must always be careful to do in days where such tensions and worries arise is to demonstrate a difference in response from someone who has no saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, even if the same set of circumstances are set before us. Often how we respond is a good measure of what our theology and belief in God is. Psalm 78 verse 19 reads, Yea, they spake against God. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? A lot of the narrative we have about Israel's time spent in the wilderness doesn't make for easy reading. It reveals a picture where either they were guilty of idolatry or disobedience, or else they were doubting God while undermining Moses' leadership. However, we should not allow these instances to keep from view the remarkable interventions they also knew from the hand of God, along with some of the greatest experiences the church has ever witnessed. Psalm 78, which I've just read from, was written and authored by Asaph, one of the chief singers and musicians in the era of David and I believe Solomon as well. Now what came from him constitutes a sketch in history which is the longest of the historical psalms that we have in Scripture. History, as we know, has a habit of repeating itself, but the Lord wants his people, my dear friend, the Lord wants us to learn from biblical history and by grace given unto us not to repeat the mistakes which we see in history. If you note in this uh, psalm, Psalm 78 and verse 5, you have this phrase, you have this sentence, making it known to their children, and that was the emphasis, the need to make something known to their children. But what was being made known? Simply the testimony and the law of God. The reasons being so that such a generation, that is the children, as they grow and develop and mature and, and live their own lives, that they would not repeat the mistakes of their forefathers and they would come to set their hope in God and not forget the works of God among his own people. So the, the, the setting down or even the laying of the table of, of, of history of, of, of forefathers and forefathers and ancestors is there for that reason. Don't do what they did. Keep the word of God. Follow him. Trust his covenant. Believe his promise. Love the Lord. The, the, the gospel truths which are all there and, and a life of obedience as saints of God. And so begins this vital history, uh, a history lesson we might say. And as we approach verse 12, we're reminded that God did marvelous things. And, and he did marvellous things in their sight, not things that were hidden from view or anything that could be disputed. For example, God divided the sea, that's very public. He led them with cloud and fire, that could not be denied. Rocks were struck, they were split and became streams and fountains of water to refresh them. These things could not be 
uh, forgotten in a sense, or they were not to be forgotten. These were marvelous things. So that's the picture being built. But what's the response the psalmist says? Yet they sinned more by provoking him. It is this that we need to stop to consider. You know, in many respects, God has done astonishing things and he did astonishing things. But then they asked the question, but can God furnish a table in the wilderness? And they went on in verse 20, behold, he smote the rock that the waters gushed out. Can he give bread also? The, the, the theme or the tone of that verse is this, you know, he smote the rock, the waters gushed out. Sure, he did that, but, but can he give bread? Can he give meat? It seems almost too much to believe, too hard to accept. We say, what ingratitude. However, any Christian, any of us, we are never too far away from such a mindset. You see that the church of Christ then, the people of Israel, they felt as if what was miraculous may, may, may not have been quite as miraculous. Sure, he provided water, but what about bread? Look, we're in, we're in barrenness, we're in wilderness. Meat and food and bread, can you do this? It's never a good thing for us as Christians to either forget or, as what was being done here, minimise what the Lord was done, what the Lord has done for his people. And let us therefore always be in amazement. My dear Christian friend, if you are saved, let the wonder of grace and the marvel of redemption, along with the daily mercy that we have in provisions each and every day, always find in our hearts a place where we pause to give thanks. I believe that when we, any of us, when we are distant in our walk from God, it is so easy to stare at the table, in a sense, I'm using it metaphorically, to stare at the table and question what God can do while forgetting to look all around us and recall it is of the Lord's masses that we are not consumed. Also, my dear friend, let us remember the answer to a very pro provocative question that was asked, can God furnish a table in the wilderness, is a resounding yes. Nothing is too hard for him. And we know the greatest demonstration is the, the table of our salvation. We're seated with Christ. We're, we have the, the supper of the Lord. We're, we're in him. And so the Lord, having done this, does all things and, and always does it well. Not always as we want or see fit, but as he is pleased to do. For, for many Christians, myself included, we can stare at the wilderness of our life. And we say, Lord, I'm in a wilderness. I have hardships and that's not denied. And I have difficulties and no one disputes that. And you say, Lord, can you, can you look after me? Can you, can you provide for me in my wilderness? Can you furnish a table there? Sure, God has watered us on other times, but maybe it's too much, you think now, too hard for you. Can he? Will he? Oh, my friend, remember this. It is his table. It is God who furnishes his own table. It, and, and remember, he owns the wilderness. He landscapes your wilderness. He knows how to keep you at all times and all seasons. Oh, dear friend, let us sit at his table wait for him and witness what God alone can do.